Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Kind of, we're in this for the, the day. Well done for doing that. Um, and I want to thank Mark and Alison Howard so much. <laughs> I opened my bag at 7 o'clock and I thought, where are my notes? And I was standing up here and Anthony said, well, I'll, you know, I've got my notes. And I said, no way! Because <laughs> I'm so excited about what I want to share with you tonight. And uh, I just thought, no. And I, was, I stood there for a while and I felt God say, if the notes don't arrive, will you still trust me? And I went, yeah, because you've written what I'm about to share in my heart. And so, yes, the notes are there, and I want to be able to share some facts with you. But I thought, God, you've written it on my heart, so I'm fine. And so just it was lovely to just be able to worship with Andy. Um, my name's Lynn, for those who don't know me. I used to do his job. And... Uh, I'm now overseeing a charity that's based in South Africa called um, New Day United. In fact, Mark and Alison are both on the board of trustees of the directors of that. So them having to rush off and go and get my notes, it's just part of the job. But um, I'm based down in Cape Town and I spend a little bit of time here every year. I want to say how much I love Ivy Church. I just seriously, I just love coming home. I love being here. I love being in this community. I love being in Cape Town and working in the various areas. But there's something so special about being here. And I just want to honor, want to honor the leaders. And, um, and just, you know, they, they are an amazing bunch of people. And it's such a joy to be home for a period of time. But I'm going to tell you just really quickly, I'm not going to do the kind of big slide things, you know, like um, people who go on holiday and they come back and they want to tell you every story about their holiday and you think, they, oh dear Jesus, please let them stop now. But I want to tell you just a few little stories, if that's okay, about some of the work that we're doing in Cape Town and um, in other parts of South Africa at the moment. But this is, this is some of the stuff that's happening right now. One of them is a science and math tutoring course that we are running. That photograph of those kids was taken on Friday. And we are so excited because so many of the schools um, are so poor that they don't have all the, the, the lab kit. And we've been able to buy in some lab kits. And there are about 60 kids all around learning together. But it is so exciting to see what's happening. And we kind of have a little slogan that science and maths rocks. And they are so, yes, it does. And then we've also got an after-school uh, group called Tluma. Tluma is a Tlusa word. That's spelled X-H-O-S-A, the language Tlusa. And it means to prosper. And we have kids that are there from mm, about 10, 10 years old right up to about 12, 13 years old. And uh, they, they're there every day of the week. Their mommies and daddies, many of them go off to work at 5 o'clock in the morning and only get back at about 6, 7 o'clock at night. And so we are just I've got a facility where we're able to help them and train them and uh, go through their homework with them and give 
call them out as champions. And so they've started calling themselves champions. And uh, we've also got a sewing enterprise. At the beginning of last year, somebody came up to me and said, I've got uh, 10 sewing machines. Would you like them? And I went, yes. And then I thought, I don't sew. But we had these things and I just said, okay, God, and gave it to some of the women. And there's a lady called Nota who works with us. And what has happened out of that, they've started to teach themselves. A friend of mine called um, Colleen has come in and helped. But I came back to uh, the UK in April and spoke at a conference. And there was a lady who's a fashion designer and a sewing technician. And she's coming out for a month. She's coming out in two weeks' time out to Cape Town to work with these ladies. And they want to set up enterprises because they don't just want handouts. They want to be able to establish businesses. And so we're very excited. And they've told me very clearly that I've got to sell all their stuff in those other, land, in other lands. So I'll say, okay, right, there's a sales technique I've got to learn. And then we've also got a computer learning center. Just amazing stuff what's going on there. Um, it runs from Mondays to Friday, uh, Thursdays in the mornings. And uh, this last week I was kind of, most of the morning I was on the phone because um, two gangs in the area where we work uh, started fighting. And our operations director, just for some reason, and she drives that every day, for that day she was distracted and missed the turn. So she you know, had to turn around and come back. If she had been there 30 seconds earlier, she would have been caught in the crossfire. And so she went into the classroom and all these guys are just learning. And she said, guys, he's firing. The gangs are right outside. And I'm talking about it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be as far as the road outside, closer than that. The guys are fighting and they went, yeah, no, no, we've heard the pop, pop, pop. But it's more important that we learn this stuff. And that's an incredible thing. We've got one guy on there who was an ex-gangster. And um, I was telling the people this morning that um, when I first met him, I walked up to him and I don't know where I got um, the courage to do this, but I walked up to him and I said, okay, I just want to have a little conversation with you. And he said, yeah, ma, what? I used to be sister, but now I'm mama. And one of these days I'll be Gorko, which is granny, but I'm, I'm still in the kind of winning zone at the moment. But um, I said to him, now I just need to figure out something with you. Are you planning, are you scouting all this out because you're going to come and steal our computers? And he kind of looked indignant. And um, I just used the bad, you know, little phrase, which I won't repeat here. And I, I repented afterwards for saying this. And I just said, no, listen, don't BS me, you know. And he went, no, I'm not. I want to come. I want to change my life around. But the most incredible thing is this guy has gone on the Alpha course and has become a Christian and he's turning his life around. And so those are just some of the stories. Please, you know, feel free to follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, New Day United, or visit our website. And uh, just we love people praying for us and we love to be able to have people come out and be a part of what's happening at the moment. There are lots of other stories, but I'm not gonna go into that tonight because I do want to get in on to what I feel God wants to say to us. And uh, I know Anthony over the last little while has been speaking on kingdom and uh, I've just been hearing how incredible it is, the teaching has been. Kingdom absolutely grips my heart. 
more and more. You know, we can so easily play, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power. But when the kingdom of God comes in greater and greater measure, things begin to happen. And so what I love us to do, just as uh, before I get into this teaching, can we just put our hands up before God and just ask Him to come and invade the space. I know we've loved Him and we've worshipped. We invite you, precious Holy Spirit. We say more and more of you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, I ask, please, that our minds would be attentive to what you have to say. That our ears would be open to hear you. That our eyes would begin to see into the spiritual realm of what it means when you say, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we cried out to you, let heaven come. And I thank you tonight that you say, come up here, come up to where I am. Expand our hearts, Lord. t-shirt over there and the yellow bits I sense this that God says that the season of sadness and tears is over and this is a season of singing spring, spring is coming to your life and I just see an acceleration of growth of an understanding of who you are in him 
who He is in you. And it's not only for you, but it's the area of influence that you work in and that you have your being in. God says, I've made you as a woman who will know what it is to run and to run with the purposes and the plans of the kingdom and the king. And I've given you a mind that's so creative and uh, sees in color. And God says, I am going to touch your mouth with coals of my altar that you are going to begin to declare and decree things and you're going to see them come to pass. And God says, there's favor. I'm giving you my favor tonight. I'm giving you my favor. Those your family on either side of you, put your arms around them. God says, there's favor on your family as well. Young girl over there in the brown coat, sweetheart, you've got an inquisitive mind you like to look at things. I'm not a fortune teller, just for those who are thinking, how does she know this? The Bible talks about prophecy. What is that? It's just the best way I can put it is this way. I'm almost like a drain pipe. And there's the, 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 the God is speaking from heaven and I'm just, I'm just that pipe, that conduit of him saying stuff. But you've, you've got a, a fascination for knowledge, for information. But you have looked at yourself and you started to say to yourself, oh, I don't really matter much. I don't, you know, nothing really, I'm not really of value. But to you, sweetheart, God says, you are a woman of great value, a young woman of great value. And put your hands out like this for a few seconds. God says, I'm taking you in, I'm, I'm putting my hands on your hands. What's your name? What's this, what's your daughter's name? Sorry? Selena. Oh, well, that name. Yes. God says, I'm taking you by the hands. And he says, come on, stand up and be counted for my kingdom's sake. And God says, there's a great, great purpose and a plan I have for you. And I just, I just sense you are going to be a woman of influence in the years to come, my sweetheart. So be encouraged, deeply encouraged inside. Thank you, Lord. Ruth. Pierce. <laughs> it's okay. Just relax. But Ruth, you know, we were talking here um, earlier on uh, just about some, some health issues and everything else. And I just sense that God says, no fear is going to come knocking at your door anymore. God says, I've got you. I'm holding you. And there is a future and a hope for you, sweetheart. And God says, there, so those dreams inside of you, those longings deep inside God says this is the time for the cork to come out almost like a champagne bottle and the fizz it's time for you to fizz to come out and fizz because when you fizz like that other people have got their glasses there and they're filling up their glasses and there's something about God saying this is a season where you're going to be able to go cheers cheers and so God says they're good things for you and I've ordered that body a right of yours. I'm holding you steady at this time. But this is also a season, Ruth, where God says, by my Holy Spirit, I'm going to begin to speak to you. And you need to be open to hear the voice of the Lord. Very open. There's a thin space. It's over you. God says, I'm going to get yourself a little notebook because I'm going to begin to give you some revelations, some messages. And I see as you begin to do that, God's going to give you words of encouragement for others. 
and calling others who are broken and bruised and confused out of that into a future and a hope. Just see you amongst women who are so broken and calling them into a future and a destiny out of fear into the faithfulness of God. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sweetheart, you are carrying a little bundle. I can see that. I mean, I'd be very embarrassed if you said, no, I'm not pregnant. But I just sense as well that as you ponder that little one and what that little one's going to be like, God says, I've got you in my hands and I want you to begin to ponder on my future and my hope for you. I just see the, the, the Lord saying, the things of the past are gone. It's a clean slate. This is a new day for you, a new season for you. And I just see, see that God's saying, begin to line up your language with the language of heaven about who you are. The daughter of destiny that you are with a future and a plan. Are you, are you together? No, you're not. But there's a future and a plan for you. An absolute future and a plan. And this little baby has got the mark of the king and the kingdom on it. Mark of the king and the kingdom. Call out a future for this baby. And I just sense God saying that he places the lonely in families and he's placing you in families. And this baby is going to be cared for by others who care for you and love you and your baby. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's just receive again. Just receive. More, more. so much noise we can be still and know that you're God dial up your voice in Jesus name Ah. lady at the back there he just loves you sweetheart scripture and song of songs it says you've ravished my heart my sister my bride you've ravished my heart with one look of your eyes and you've ravished his heart and he says I'm wiping away the tears and I'm giving you a joy that's going to give you a strength that you will run and not grow weary and you're going to walk and not faint and you will know my truth and my truth will set you free says I'm taking you out of a restricted place and putting you into a vast and spacious spacious place where you can thrive and become the best expression of who he's created you to be thank you Jesus yeah So when Anthony asked if I would speak, I spoke this morning. It's like a marathon, but I'm having fun and I won't be too much longer because blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited back. (laughs) It's true. But there's a scripture in Matthew. Thank you so much if you can put it on. There's a scripture in Matthew that really captivates my heart. 
And it says this, Jesus says this just after John's disciples have come and spoken to him, but he says this, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it. Woo! That's a very, very, very strong scripture. And if you look at the Greek, there too, you know, there are two ways of looking at it. The negative thing is all the persecution, all the pain, all the suffering. There's been a violence against the kingdom of God. But the other positive side is that this is a season and I truly believe it because I'm having to live it out. This is not just information or something that's in the sweet by and by. I'm having to live it out every day of my life at the moment in the work that God's called me into, laying claim of what is rightfully ours. And that God can trust us as we walk in obedience with Him. And I am having such an incredible time with God. Trust me, there have been loads and loads of tears. There have been loads and loads of fears. But one thing I know without a shadow of a doubt is that the kingdom of God is advancing. Beyond what the media may present to us, beyond the fears that we, what we may have inside of us, the kingdom is advancing. And God's original intent for each one of our lives is His eternal intent. From Genesis right up until now, and even with the fall, His intent, His plans and purposes still remain. And for each one of us, I want us to begin to know that Jesus is a restorer of the intent on our lives. He's the one who can restore. And I'm seeing it with some of the people that I'm having to deal with in, in, in South Africa and in Africa. But I tell you something, I see it here as I'm having conversations with people, not just people in the church, but conversations with people in coffee shops. I'm seeing God calling people out into their original intent. And in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45, it talks about the first Adam, it was way back in Genesis, and it talks about the last Adam. Thank you. And it says, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. How many of you want life? Okay, we're going to have a little bit of more enthusiasm here. We'll have a bit of Africa here. How many of us want life? Well, that's it. Well done. That's as much as I want from you. Thank you. But there is something about this life-giving spirit within us, not just trying to whip it up, but that we walk in all the purposes and the plans and the kingdom of God every single day of our lives. And so I want to take a few minutes to look at this, this original intent way back in Genesis, in the first Adam. There was a great commission that wasn't just in Matthew 28. The great commission was way back in Genesis, way, way back in Genesis, chapter 1 and verses 27 and 28. And it says, so God created mankind in His own image, in His own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. You know, when I began to look at this, I thought, you know, here was Adam and Eve. They had that creative, um, God had created 
them as beings. But what made them something unique is that they were made in the image of God. And so God's intent and purposes was deep inside of them. All other creation reflects the image of God. They had the image of God. And I, you know, one of the things that just is exciting me more and more is that I find myself, and, and it doesn't happen all the time because I'm, I, I'm inclined to be a little bit of an introvert when I'm not having to speak or do stuff, but I'm finding more and more that God's allowing me to have conversations with people who are not yet even aware of the kingdom purposes in their lives and see God begin to suddenly awaken something in them. And I have these, you know, on occasions when I'm sitting in airports and I hear people say, something, I had this conversation when I went to Australia in July and on the way back and this, this person in Dubai said to me, is something different about you? What is it? What is it? And I said, oh, really? What do you see that's different to me? And they said, you seem to be kind. And I said, wow, that's an incredible word that you've used. Because Jesus says this, it's His kindness that leads people to repentance. His kindness. And that's part of kingdom. You see, we sometimes think we're going to nail people, hammer them on the heads. But you know, as we begin to get hold of these, sorry, I'm going to settle down here for a few seconds over here. But when we begin to know that we're made in His image, that we carry the fullness of Christ in us, Something begins to happen. And I don't have to be religious. I walk in the fullness of life that He, he gives me in good times and in bad times when I'm trying to negotiate over WhatsApp that keeps dropping and just saying, God, please keep these people in the computer learning center safe. And praying for them. And calling God's grace and goodness over them. And so there's, God says to this male and this female he created. And he said, it says this, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful, be fruitful. And the kingdom is in season and out of season. When I feel it and when I don't feel it, be fruitful and increase in number. I love that, that the church exists for the world. We exist for the world to be able to call people home, call people back to Him. And it says this, and fill the earth and subdue it. This is God's commission way, way back. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Rule. And what is God saying that with that? He's not talking about dictatorship. He's saying, establish my kingdom. And that commission was given to both Adam and Eve. But at the fall, when they were enticed by the fruit that the enemy brought around them, when they began to negotiate in questions with the enemy, there was a breaking of that covenant and that commissioning. And Satan took over the authority and the rule. And when I was preparing this, Genesis 3, verse 9, I just, I literally fell on my knees as I was preparing this. 
here were these guys, Adam and Eve were in the garden with the Lord. And the Lord starts to walk through the garden in the cool of the evening. And he says to Adam, Adam, where are you? And for years, I've read that in terms of, you know, I'm trying to check you out. Where are you, Adam? Where are you? And as I was preparing this, I just suddenly got this revelation that actually what the Lord was saying, Adam, why is someone else ruling? What's happened here? I told you to subdue the earth. I told you to rule. What's happened here? Where are you, Adam? And there is something for each one of us that that cry from Genesis is still there. Where are you? And then we pick up the last Adam, Jesus, at the age of 30. This incredible story, he picks up Isaiah 61 and declares this restoring of the original intent and design. And in Luke 4, verses 18 and 19, which is Isaiah 61, Jesus says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news, good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, freedom and recovery of sight for the blind, that we would begin to see kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and that year is not just one little year every year to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and he says this he comes out and he reads this after his baptism and after he's been led into the wilderness and all the violence that takes place When Jesus is in that wilderness and the enemy comes against him for 40 days and 40 nights and there is a power struggle of enormous proportions. And that power struggle is to stop that redeeming covenant connection again. And Jesus goes through all of that. And he comes out of the desert in Matthew 4 verse 17. It says this, and from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent. And that repent means to change our thinking, to change our position, and to change our allegiance. That is what kingdom is all about, to change our thinking. You know, when I came to the UK and I became a British subject here and started paying all the mortgages like everybody else, I had to change my thinking. In so many ways. I remember the first time that I arrived in the UK and I was staying with this woman and she said to me, I went into her home and she said, what can I get for you? And I said, oh, I'd love some tea. And she said, well, we'll have tea at six o'clock. And 
then she said to me, would you like anything to drink? I'll have um, coffee. I'll have a cup of coffee. But they were cultural things. And I've had to change my thinking. Now I go back to, the, back to South Africa and they go, you're far too British. But there's a change of thinking in this new place, in this new kingdom that God has called us into. Is a change of position for each one of us. And there's a change of allegiance. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. It's not just a song. It's written by some great people. Every day in the area where you are working, where I'm working, God is saying, the kingdom of heaven is near. And we see the story about Jesus kind of walking with his disciples. I'm not going to go into this with too much um, detail. But in Matthew chapter 5, you know, he, it, it, we read about the Beatitudes. And I love that whole scenario because Jesus goes up the hill and the people were down the bottom and his disciples come and it says he sat down on a rock. And in custom, in Hebrew custom, when the rabbi sat down, and the disciples got around or the learners sat around, there was something very important that was going to be said. And Jesus begins to say to the guys, guys, the Beatitudes are the kingdom manifesto. And I want you to get a hold of them because you're going to need it to be able to run vastly more than I have run. Isn't that incredible? The kingdom is advancing. And then getting back to Jesus. So he's, he's gone through this, this wilderness time. He's, he's nurtured and developed his disciples. And then the cross. And all the violence of that cross. We must never become familiar with what the cross represents. Not just this one. But the high price. The high price constantly be fascinated Jesus Jesus with who you are and there's that moment on the cross when he cries out loudly it is finished and most of us think well that's it but actually he was saying the old rule and reign is over kingdom has come on earth as it is in heaven and in that crying of it is finished he's saying guys and ladies Adam and Eve get back in the garden get back in the garden that I've called you into with yielded hearts and humble dependence and holy worship because what was lost in the, de in the garden wrestled in the, with in the desert is now reclaimed on the cross it's a wonderful wonderful thing it's a wonderful wonderful thing and there's a design of great excellence over us beloved kingdom is not just here it's not just an understanding here it's a radical transformation of our hearts that we can't settle for anything less and that kingdom releases such excellence 
such excellence. And I'm not talking about performance and programs and professionalism, but excellence. And in closing, I just want to give you these points about excellence of the kingdom that God wants us to begin to get a hold of. The first thing is that He is an excellent God. And I looked up the definition of excellence. It says this, possessing good qualities in an unusual degree. And that's our God. Possessing good qualities in an unusual degree. That excellence is brilliance. Superior and standard. The benchmark is high of our King. Nothing is impossible for our God of a high quality. And we serve an excellent God. And here are just some scriptures on the fact that God is excellent in who He is. In Exodus 15 verse 7, thank you. In Exodus 15 verse 7, it says, In the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger and it consumes them like chaff. Your excellence, your greatness in your excellence. In Psalm 150 verse 2, talking about the excellence of who He is, it says, Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. I tell you something, there is, there's a move and a shift going on inside of me where I'm feeling God saying, Is anything too hard for me, Lynn? Is anything beyond my invasion? Is anything? When I was home last time, Anthony spoke and he made this, this statement. He said, be anxious for nothing. And it was like something went boom inside of me. Because I was having restless nights and such anxiety. And there was suddenly this change. Because I began to understand how excellent His greatness is. And some, something has shifted. I, I'm not as anxious about stuff. My board can tell you that. But he's not, ex, not only excellent in who he is, but he's an excellent in what he does. It says this in Isaiah 12. Thank you. Verse 5, it says, Praise the Lord in song, for he has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. We need to open our mouths and begin to tell a good story. Seriously. I like dinner parties and I love it when people love to tell stories. Ever been with those kind of people? And in, in South Africa, it's notorious in this. We'll sit down and have a meal and somebody will tell a story and it's always like, anything you can do, I can do better. And the stories get bigger and bigger and bigger. Zoe and Anthony saw that when they were out there, you know. And you can see, and the South Africans love telling war stories. The bigger the war story to scare the Brits, the better. But the excellence in what He does, His goodness throughout the earth, we need to tell His story instead of being bogged down in our history begin to tell his story in greater and greater measure. And God is excellent in his name. Thank you. In Hebrews 1 verse 4, I just felt I really wanted to give you a few scriptures tonight. It says, having become as much better than the angels, he's higher than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name. This name Jesus is not just something that we cry out when we get a shock. 
when something is going wrong. It's an excellent name. I love the name of Jesus. I love the name of Jesus. Yeah. Just put your hands out and just, let's just pause here for a second here. How excellent you are, Lord. How excellent you are. Over our lives, there is an excellent calling. Excellent calling. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, Peter says this, But you are a chosen race. In spite of the fickleness of what you may feel, you're a chosen race. I love this. And a royal priest, not just a priest, a royal priest, part of majesty, and a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. This is what kingdom is all about, not control. When he says he possesses us, it's not to control us and manipulate us, manipulate us, but that we become co-laborers with him. Why? So that we, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We proclaim the excellencies of who He is by our character. How we live out our lives in the marketplace that God's called us to. The diligence of how we work and our commitment to make Him famous. And how we journey with one another 
in relationships in spite of our shortcomings and our weaknesses and being me, I'm the chief of sinners is an excellent calling. There's a high calling. And you and I, beloved, get to display His greatness. Display His greatness. We're bespoke. Each one of us, we're bespoke. We're one of a kind. And God wants to display His kingdom through each one of us. And then there's an excellence of an en enabling. God says in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, we read this, seeing that His divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and excellence. Let the weak say, I'm strong. There's an enabling that's going on. In Ephesians 1 verses 18 and 19, we read this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance? What's the inheritance in the saints? My inheritance is not new day. My inheritance is not the ability to have a job or anything. My inheritance is not what my parents have left me. My inheritance are people. That's my inheritance. And I'm beginning to get it more and more. That there is this excellent enabling to be able to call other, other people home to God. And what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might. Evangelism isn't just for some. Telling the good news is for all of us. We are those living letters that the world is reading. We are the ones who are carrying the kingdom of God. And 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, I'm just going really quickly. You can have a look at these all at home. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. That is a lot. Seriously, that is a lot. An abundance for every good deed. And you know, I think so often we go for such, I can go for such low living. And there's something about God saying there is an abundance in the world that I've placed you. And then in Ephesians 1 verses 22 and 23, it says, And He put all things in subjection under His feet and gave Him His head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. And on a daily basis, I'm beginning to understand the importance of saying, Lord, here am I. Fill me up and let me leak. Let me leak to the world around me. Let me leak kingdom come. And let me leak will be done. And so what begins to happen is that there's an excellence of outworking. And I'm ending with this in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. It says this, whether then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, your marketplace where God has placed you and your workplace, that is your kingdom calling. That's your kingdom calling. And do it all to the glory of God. 
have an attitude of excellence, have an attitude of speech, watch what comes out of your mouth. Have an attitude of excellence in positioning yourself in all the goodness and the grace of God. Allow His life to flood. I loved what Katie was saying about finances. Let's be open-handed. Let's be generous. Have an excellence in relationships. And have an excellence in life. And do all this for His glory. Let our Father receive all the glory, not us. It's your kingdom come. And your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Because yours is the kingdom. And yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Kingdom come. The kingdom suffers violence, and violent men take it. Violent men take it. I want to encourage you that we get to win. We're on the winning team, and his kingdom is advancing. We're part of that here in Manchester as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Just as we close our, our time together, thanks so much for listening. And I just sense that God is saying, for some of you here tonight that he's saying I want you to know that I'm an excellent God I'm an excellent God and I'm wanting to meet with you and if you've been struggling with your relationship with God you're finding yourself thinking I don't even know if I if I believe there's something about kingdom that's captivating your heart that you know that your life matters and counts for kingdom come maybe you've been compromising falling from first love we were talking about the churches this morning I want to encourage you to just be brave enough and just stand and say Lord I'm coming again and I'm standing before an excellent God the door of heaven is open and I'm meeting with you face to face and then I feel, feel that there's some of you that God is saying over your life there's an excellent calling he's called you but you've been wrestling with this and you kind of God get me out of this mess get me out of this job and there's something about God saying cooperate with my spirit in the calling that I've placed you in for now. And I can move you in due season. But you are my kingdom ambassador for such a time as this. And if you're struggling in the workplace, in the marketplace, I'm going to ask that you stand, please. I want to just 
pray that God would meet you and call you into a vast and spacious place in in Him. Or maybe there's some of you that need to know an excellent enabling. That you've been feeling so weak and disabled. Almost like that you've lost your impetus and your strength. How kind of God to say, let the weak say I'm strong. And let the poor say I'm rich. And the kingdom of heaven is coming into those situations that you are needing enabling. There's some decisions you've got to make. There's some conversations that have to be had. There's some trust issues. And you need God's enabling, excellent enabling. I'm going to ask that you stand as well. Say, Lord, come. Let heaven come. And then the excellent outworking. you to begin to see there is a future and a hope for your life that in everything that you are there's almost like that full yieldedness to his will and his way to see his kingdom come and invade your space it's an incredible passage that's found in Acts 1 and, and in Luke chapter 1 it's about a guy called Theophilus, Theophilus and it says most excellent Theophilus and there's something about God saying for too long you've been saying I'm just I'm just this I'm just that and there's something of the spirit saying I want you to begin to hear your name most excellent most excellent and to do that divine exchange with him that you get back to the original intent God placed eternity in your heart. And if that's you, please, will you stand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. these people are standing I wonder those around them could just just not invade their space but just put your hand on them and if there's nobody near you then just put the hand on the person next to you let's allow God's blessing to just flow into us thank you Jesus thanks for listening For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.